0: Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode,
1: to be so far behind everyone as well—that's that's also not a nice feeling. When you come on the home straight and you see everyone else, you know I've got two hurdles left to go, but this really hurts. And just seeing everyone finish and you're still running—that's that's a horrible feeling.
0: Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot, and here's your host, Jake Lowe.
2: Welcome to the show. This is your place for all things running motivation. It is indeed Running With Jake, the podcast. Great to have you company wherever you are listening to the show. We don't really care if you're out on a run, if you're in the car, if you're in the bath. I don't care whether you dress naked, semi-naked. <laughs> it's just nice to have you with us. It is my favourite part of the week. Not only... Because I get to be super motivational That's the idea anyway And talk all things running But it's the only part of the week Where I don't have to fight for the duvet cover (laughs) I actually have the duvet All to myself There's no battle If I want to roll myself up Like a piece of sushi I can It's not a problem It's all down to me And what I want with this duvet cover, I love it, I love it, and I'm happy we're coming into winter very, very soon because I feel as snug as a bug in a rug. For anybody who didn't hear last week,
0: I do think that this needs a little bit of context in that, you know, Jake has moved to a new place and, unfortunately, it's certainly not a studio, is it? It's it's a really tricky room. So you've got the duvet all to yourself, all over your head, which doesn't
2: help with A, note-taking and B, Sweating. It's just pure guesswork, really. I can't see the computer. I hope <laughs> we're recording this. I really have no idea. Yes, we had to record the show, or I had to record the show, from the safety, from the comfort of the duvet last week. You made me do this because, obviously, of the echo in this house. We haven't had a chance to sort everything. There's just so much to sort. And you say this duvet thing needs context. No. i tell you what we need. We need a flipping <laughs> sofa, mate. I am dying to sit down. Do you, you have no idea the troubles. But you not sitting down now? No, no. you're not sitting. No, no. You're sitting. This is like a semi squat. Right? It's an air squat. I'm, I'm actually, it's it's like a wall <laughs> squat, really. I'm, I'm just, I've got my back to the wall. I thought I'd get a workout and record the podcast at the same time. I can't even remember what it's like to sit down properly on a sofa. I'm going to have to Google it. There must be some sort of manual when the sofa finally arrives. I've made so many calls to the call centre. I just, I basically call them up and go, "Hi, it's me." Where's the sofa? It's ridiculous, mate. It is an absolute joke. I just... I need to get this off my chest. I just... Hang on. I just have to breathe. I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Getting worked up under a duvet is not good. This... To well, be sometimes fair, the delivery good, on this settee
0: has been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> it's been an absolute. I'll ignore <laughs> sorry. that. It's been an absolute nightmare, hasn't it? The the delivery on this settee. It's like we've 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 had to hold off the recording of the podcast for the delivery of the sofa, and 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 we've had to do that several times. It's been going on for what feels like weeks. It's crazy. Do
2: you know what we uh, just before recording this actually, Pete? I had to, to, to stall you today, didn't I? I was. I'm sorry. Mm. I had to stall you a little bit. I've been, st- I've been the stalled. The reason. The reason. It's not personal. It was justified. Feel is because I had next home delivery guys come not to really deliver anything. I had I, there's one faulty screw on the TV unit, right? Just one faulty screw. That's all I need is that screw. They've sent me five packets so far of different screws, none of which are correct. <laughs> so I had to call them back up. <laughs> they then said, Look, what we'll do is w- we don't have that screw in stock. So we're going to don't have to. The they don't screw have that in screw, stock. screw in stock. So what they decided to right. do. We send out the whole TV unit again. Now this is like a super wide TV unit. It took me about wait. Well, it says the build time is like thirty minutes. It took me like about four hours. It's a bit like Jamie Oliver's thirty minute meals. It never takes you thirty minutes, right? No, never. So do, it never took me do. forever. I don't need a whole TV unit again. I've got to uh, dissemble. Is that the right word? Unsemble. I've got to. Disassemble 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 Potentially Uh, Yes Just take to bits I've got to do that Basically smash it with a hammer And then put the other one together My hands used to be soft They're not soft anymore They're not soft anymore Because the screwdrivers I've got a cheap I just (laughs) I'm so I need to breathe I need to come out of air so hot. So
0: you've got two TV units rather than one. Yes. And you're gonna smash one. Why
2: don't you stick one on eBay and just I say you screw missing? D- I soon"? don't know. I don't know. It's it's just ridiculous. And and the joke is we don't even have a TV yet, but I've got two TV units. So this <laughs> it's all back to front. Look, but fortunately, we know what we're doing when it comes to recording your weekly dose of running motivation. We absolutely know, and I'm I was really looking forward to today's show because We are catching up with none other than Jess Turner. Now, we had Jess on a while back. Some of you may remember, if you've not listened to the episode with Jess, who was soon to be an Olympian, 400 meter hurdly, go and check it out. That's episode 80. But Jess was super fired up to not only be there in Tokyo taking part in the Olympics, but actually just to wear the England Athletics tracksuit, the Team GB, that she was sporting. She was so proud, so up for it. Unfortunately... As is so often the case with running at all levels, things didn't go to plan. So really keen to catch up with her. But when we recorded the interview, I mean, look, here's the deal. And I'm just going to put this out there, Pete. I'm not in a bad mood today, by the way. I just need to get some things off my chest, right? We've done the okay. sofa thing. That's fine. <laughs> right. We've okay. done the TV unit small screw thing. Now I'm going to pick up yep. on you. When we recorded with oh. Jess last time, you, you couldn't make it. You were not there. You were not well, there There what was happened? a miscalculation were, with time you, were, you remember this There was a miscalculation with you time on And what long, happened is Be honest Be honest You are on a long run and you just you
0: forgot it was a medium-sized run and it, the problem is i'm not very fast so it took longer than i expected so yeah you're right i had to bail on jess which was a real shame because she was a flipping delight when we spoke to her she was really nice she was great like 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 Jake said go re-listen to episode 18 you'll hear the before and then today obviously there's the after it kind of didn't go that great at the olympics and uh, also actually thinking about it, you said we know what we're doing we can record the podcast we can't though can we mate because i dropped a bloody cup
2: of coffee just before we started recording there's coffee everywhere on my desk i mean i hope you really really enjoy catching up with jess today and listening to the chat because she's definitely not going to come back on for a third time for the show notes and video content go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast
0: running with jake the podcast i can't believe the amount of coffee that oh no it was underneath, <laughs> underneath my tin of vaseline <laughs> Unbelievable! Is, just it, who would know that it would harbour so much coffee?
2: This <laughs> is not a good start to the to the chat with with today's guest, Jess Turner. Super excited to catch up with Jess. We're, we're, the whole country was behind you in the Tokyo Olympics. I want to find out where you are with training and your your rehab and your comeback and and what how the future looks for you. But Pete, this is not a good start. I'm back under the duvet to record the episode because as last week you made me record in a little den just so the acoustics are slightly better you're throwing coffee all over the place in your home studio this is just jess are you sure you're okay to to chat with us you're cool you you can cancel (laughs) if you want
1: this is just so funny i I love doing this this is Uh,
0: hilarious so yeah (laughs) you see it may be hilarious for you jess but unfortunately we have to put up with this all day long every day and it becomes tiresome it really does anyway I'm not um, I'm okay with with all of this I mean you know I've got coffee everywhere but and and Jake you're under a duvet but it's okay we know Jess because she's been on before so
2: she knows that we're complete buffoons and she knows what to expect (laughs) right Pete look if I have to do this again next week with the guest I'm just going to put this out there now on record yep we're going to have cameras off because at the moment we're connecting on Zoom we can all see each other you guys look great I look like an idiot so next week we're going to have camera off All right. if I'm under the duvet right Jess Um, back to you back to you back to you first and foremost how the flipping heck are you are you all right are you well you've had surgery recently what let's start with that are you okay
1: i'm okay i'm getting there during the games it was a very emotional roller coaster come back home it's even more of a roller coaster but i'm fine i'm plodding along hopping along on my crutches you know it's it's all fine.
2: It'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> look, let's, uh, this is one of the reasons we really wanted you, you back on the show, Jess, as well. You were so open and honest last time. We had really good feedback on that episode. It was just great. You were so up for the Olympics and so positive and excited about the future. Obviously, we know in sport, in general, whether you're an Olympic athlete like you are now, we can officially say, or whether you're you know, a recreational runner, somebody just wants to run and, and look after yourself uh, physically and mentally, things happen in life don't they we we get these curveballs that are thrown at us and and it's how we adapt and respond how take me back to that that the moment in tokyo when you when you landed when you arrived i mean w- obviously you had this issue with the achilles in your mind anyway a little bit were you able to completely park that were you just so excited to be there what was it like
1: it was an incredible experience i was um so obviously just so excited to to get there and to get into the holding camp and getting the village and just experience, you know, what the Olympics was about. Um, but yeah, like my injury was in the back of my mind. Um, it was, because I think I said last time at um, the trials, um, I didn't feel it at all in my final. So that was that was good for me in the sense that, well, I've still got this injury, but I can still race on it and I can race well on it. So, and it didn't hurt in that race so I was just like do you know what it'll be absolutely fine it'll hurt before and after but at least I can sort of get on the track and and race so for me that was like okay that's that's fine like I can I can live with that but yeah it was a total different story when I got there it almost after the trials I couldn't run I couldn't train since going to the holding camp So that was quite a difficult, um, quite a difficult road to go on. And um, yeah, it was a very challenging in the holding camp. It it was tough. Just seeing everyone doing their sessions and running quick on the track and there's me on the physio bed, like, I can't run. It physically hurts. It's just too painful to run. Um, But in the back of my mind, I was like, at least I can still race. Like, I know that I can race on it. So in that sense I was talking to my coach back at home because he didn't come out with me and he was just like yeah you know that you can race on it you've done the hard work you've done the racing you've you've done it before you can go out and um, still run really well so I was like yeah so that gave me a little bit of confidence and everyone was saying the same all the physios all the team members and everyone um, but it's just not nice going to um, the world's best major event and not being able to train leading up to your race so I was constantly sat on the physio table doing loads of floor stuff walking drills and then I had a couple of sessions where where I was running a bit more comfortably but it wasn't like 100% or anywhere near what I wanted to do before the race um but there was just like moments of that holding camp where I was just like oh god this is just so tough like I can't believe this is happening to me at the Olympic Games it could have happened to me at the start of the season or any time of the year but at the Olympic Games it was just a, a very a very tough time <laughs> you know I felt I felt rubbish to be honest um, but I didn't want that to overshadow the experience of being at the Olympics and being an Olympian and you know in the amazing time that I've, that I've had like, I still look back at it and think yeah it was such a great time but obviously this injury has put a massive downer on it but um, you know and leading up to the races my heat was very rusty it was annoying but i'm still proud of what i've achieved
2: timing is so crucial isn't it you know to to feel Mm. not only in the best shape possible for your main event but also the body playing ball so any niggles or injuries you picked up in training you kind of want to put them to the back of your mind like physically as well as kind of mentally i guess Mm -hmm. you just don't want that to be an issue do you you know when you talk about getting there in that kind of holding stage and and you on the physio bench seeing other people do their sessions and train could you see your competitors as well the people that you were racing against could you see them do their sessions
1: yeah, yeah. So they were obviously getting all the hurdles out, and I was just like, oh. So there was this one training session. Um, it was a relatively big. Um, it was it's, it's it was a big session. It was um like start to the first five hurdles. So it was like a two hundred meter hurdles, and it was race pace flat out. And that's always, I I like that session. That's always a good, um, pre comp a session to do just to get you fired up and to get get you ready to race because after that session I would then be going to the village to then race in the next few days. So that was the session that I was like, right, even if it hurts, I'm just gonna run run through it because I know I can race on it. So I just so I've just got to have it in my head that I will believe that I'm in a race. So, you know, try and get the adrenaline going and like get everyone to sort of hype me up for this one session. And um so I started doing my warming up, my my drills and everything, and it was just like yeah, it's it really hurts. I've 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 had loads of like taping on it, I've had so much treatment on it, so my my leg was fully taped up. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of me in the actual um races. You can see my my leg was just fully taped up with black tape and just to try and get some support and just to alleviate some pain you know when I'm using it and stuff um, so I was going for other drills um, in the holding camp and um, before I actually do the session I do some um, some quick um, sort of like sprint hurdles practice on both legs some four strides hurdling put the hurdles out and put my spikes on this is the first time I've put my spikes on since I got there and um, went over the first hurdle I was like yep yeah, this hurts just keep going went over the second one had to bail out the third one because it was painful it was really painful all it was my achilles um just shooting pain really really painful so and i never bail out at hurdles um um and yes i bailed out i hopped off the track sort of collapsed on the floor and just put my head in my hands. I was like, oh, God, like, this is not how I want it to go. If I can't do my warm-up hurdles, I can't do my session. So everyone, all the physios, everyone, all the coaches came running to me. and, And this was what I... I didn't want this to happen because I didn't want to show people that I'm injured. Like, I didn't want to show that I was weak because... In the back of my head, I was like, I've still got a relay spot and I really wanted to run this relay. So I didn't want to show the coaches that I was injured, but I could not hide the fact that I was in so much pain. So um physios came over and they were like, right, we need to get you in the physio room. Let's get it iced and then let's get it scanned and everything. So that's what we did. So the injury that I've got is... I don't know if you know, you've got your Achilles and you've got a plantaris, um muscle tendon. It's a very, very thin tendon and it's, it's one of those things in your body that does absolutely nothing. It's useless in the body um, and the only thing it's there for is to cause trouble. So this tendon and my Achilles were uh, rubbing together, which was causing friction, which was causing the pain. And we tried loads of injections before when I had this. Didn't work. Loads of physio, loads of painful treatment. That didn't work. And just the friction of it was just painful. And obviously, the more it rubs together, you know, the more damage it does to the Achilles. So in the long run, it's going to potentially snap my Achilles. So there was nothing we could do there and then. And the only thing we could do is just get some painkillers, try and take... 10% of the pain away you know I said to them look I'll still race but just take at least 10% of the pain away you know I'll be fine so then so then after all that um I went back on the physio table and had the most painful deep tissue massage in my calf and my achilles I never when I have treatment and it's painful I just sort of screw myself up like this (laughs) and just deal with the pain but this I cried on the table I was screaming and everyone was just like oh my god they're killing her I can't even begin to explain how painful it was I was crying I was sobbing on the bed I started to panic because it was just so painful and then I went into the ice bath afterwards and I was just sobbing in the ice bath (laughs) just in so much pain and I was just like this is not how I want my Olympic experience to be like and then obviously had to miss relay practice and just so I was sat on the side of the track. Um still with part of the relay team just watching them practice and stuff and I was just like this is really annoying. I've, I should be up there with them but my you know my body just would not just would not let me. So that was that particular day was probably the worst day out there. Um because that was kind of when I knew that yeah this 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 is going to be tough. But then I was just like right let's just forget about that day because it was a rubbish day. You know, it could be better. I did loads of rehab Um, and hopefully that will work in time. (laughs) So, yeah, I went to the village and that was really fun. The village was so cool. Like, it was... For me, obviously, I've never experienced, like, an Olympic village before so walking around it was really cool went straight to the gift shop <laughs> got loads of stuff because <laughs> that's what you do that's what you, you just got to get everything with the rings on and everything I love it you're um, representing
2: so, yeah. your country and your first stop is souvenir purchasing <laughs> this is this is good I can see where your priorities are I can see we yeah. spoke on the last the last episode when the last one uh, episode that you were on Jess when we chatted with you you were all about the Olympic rings and the tracksuit and the kit and <laughs> I love it I love it I love it just awesome stuff awesome as you tell this Story as well, Jess, and your experience in in Tokyo. In my mind, I'm thinking, you know, you're such a positive person. You you certainly, I sense, try to stay in that positive sort of mindset. I'm sure that doesn't always work for you, but you know, you try and have that conversation with yourself to, okay, well, you know, tomorrow's another day, maybe things are okay, I've had this treatment now, you know, and look kind of forward thinking rather than backwards. Did you have to kind of delve into your memory banks back to certain sessions that gave you a lot of confidence? Because to perform well on that stage, I imagine you need oodles of confidence.
1: <laughs> My coach literally said the same thing. So he was like, you know you can do this. You've done a million four hundred hurdle races. And this season you know it's been your best season so he was like just look over your video races that you've done this season just try and memorize i memorize my stride pattern when i've run so i know exactly which stride pattern to take which leg to take the hurdle and tactics and all that kind of stuff but he was just like just really like grain it into it that you've done it before there's no reason you can't do it again just that and he was just you know telling me you know yeah, you can do this. You've been training so well. Even through winter, I had little niggles and I couldn't train for a few weeks. But then when you get on the track, you can do it. So, you know, this is no different. Just just believing yourself. Um, you've done all the hard work in the winter. You know your stride pattern inside out. So just replicate that. And I, that gave me a lot of confidence. I was like, yeah, I know I can do it. That's basically what I, what I was doing. So instead of training physically, it was like mentally training, just visualisation and just... Yeah, that that was basically my training in the in the Olympics. (laughs) I love
2: it. I mean, that mental rehearsing is so valuable to so many people. I know I'm a big Formula One fan. I know a lot of the racing drivers they will visualise the track while they're still in the car in the garage before they even get out. And as a runner as well, and as a coach, you know I say to a lot of my runners, really visualising yourself achieving and think about the course, think about what you're doing. From your social media, you, you got my gosh so much support didn't you so much support what was the formula one team about i saw there's a race car on your instagram with you know everybody there at, at, at the garage sort of wishing you luck what was that about
1: yeah so my boyfriend he works with aston martin formula one team and so he's a mechanic there so um so obviously he's told all his crew about me and they sort of know what i do and um Uh, so they decided they do like a little good luck message for me Uh, so that was that was amazing like I love Formula One and um, so I got that message through the morning of my heat I told myself I'm not gonna look at any social media the morning of my heat because it was quite an early race for me but I saw that one message I looked I was like oh that's so amazing like it was it was the best like message um, I got from them so yeah that was incredible
2: wow and it's luke is it your boyfriend
1: yeah he's been incredible and like with my final in the um british champs of the trials he got like everyone in the garage to watch it and they were all like cheering and like someone sent me a video and he was just like oh like so proud and just, it was just so nice to see like that level of support not just from him but from all his mates at work and
0: stuff yeah do you know obviously a a supportive partner is really really important Uh, but when your partner happens to have such a cool job with such cool mates I mean that's
2: a bonus isn't it
0: (laughs) it wouldn't be (laughs) the same it
2: wouldn't be the same if he was an accountant Jess I'm sure (laughs) even though they're all forced to watch another competition that Jess is in these mates are probably look I've got to check the tyre pressure on this car and you want me to watch another hurdles event what are you what are you putting me through seriously seriously
1: (laughs) so sorry i sorry We've got to stop the pit stops I've, I've got to watch Jess run. <laughs> yeah.
2: Stop the race. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's actually quite difficult to support sometimes. And what I mean by that is to say the right things that are going to be well received. What do you respond well to in terms of support when something doesn't go your way?
1: I think every situation is different. So in this case, it was a major championships. It was, it was at the Olympics. And in that moment in the semi where um it was just literally the worst race i've ever ran the w- the rain was horrendous uh, they never should have raced us in that rain that was frustrating at the start but i didn't let that bother me it was that race where i felt pain straight away and I-, I couldn't run at all so i just hobbled over the line but i was just like like for me i'm quite stubborn in the fact that like i will not i'm not just gonna pull up I'm not going to stop. I, I will keep going. If it hurts, I'm going to f- cross that line and say that I've done a semi-final. And in that moment, it was sort of like came crashing down when I crossed that line. I was just like at first I didn't want anyone to come near me. I was just like just let me just let me be. <laughs> and then um, with that situation, it was a, it was a case of I just want to have a, a few minutes by myself. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't reply to anyone's messages because I had loads of messages and quite a few that are like, oh, really sorry like you you look like you're in so much pain. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not faking it, you know. <laughs> For me, it was it was a case of, oh, I'll just have a minute to myself and then I'll be OK. Um, I've never really had someone say the wrong thing to me. With quite a few situations, I, I try to put a positive spin on it. So within the semi-final of the Olympics... Um, It was just like, well, this is what happens. This is what injury does. Quite a lot of the GB team were injured and couldn't perform the way they wanted to. So I wasn't the only one. So I was just like, do you know what? I'm at the Olympics. I made the semi-final. I was the only GB girl to make the semi-final and I'm super proud. And I was proud that I came this far even though I was in so much pain with injury I made the semi-final with an injury if I wasn't injured I definitely would have been in that final start line yes it's a rubbish situation to be in and I wish it never happened but you know, it's made me even more determined to get to the final at Paris. Just
2: talking to you now, I can see how animated you are and how driven you are and turning it into a, you know, putting a positive slant on things, which is not always easy. And the reason I ask you that question about how you want people to, to, to be with you because people, uh, you know, want different things, don't they? And, and and as we say, meaning people want support in different ways. But there's a there's a period of processing where you have to just... Okay, what what's just happened? And this is whether that's people running in the Great North Runners they did at the weekend that may have been disappointed with their finish time, or somebody like yourself on the world stage and you know, crashing out in, in the awful conditions in the rain, you know, in the semis, and there's that really poignant photo of you on your on your hands and knees. It's a it's a fantastic photo and not necessarily for for great reasons, but it's such a, a poignant photo and you've got the two marshals looking over you. But you need to be able to process what's happened, and that's not easy. Do you process things quickly, Jess? I, I, I sense that you do, but obviously it's been several weeks now since that that event. Were you able to kind of get into that positive mindset quite quickly? Or, you know, how long does it typically take you?
1: As soon as I crossed the line, I was heartbroken and fell on my hands and knees and um, was just, you know, te- the tears started coming in and <laughs> marshals came over and they were like, are you OK? I was just like... I'm fine, <laughs> but I wasn't fine. But I was just like, and they were like, oh, do you need a wheelchair?" I was like, "No, I'll I'll hop off the track, and um, you know." I even went up to media, and I couldn't I couldn't do an interview because I was just I was just too upset. And uh, Greg Rutherford was there, and um, he um, he came and chatted to me, and he was he was so nice. He was saying, "Look, they, these things happen. You've done so well," and sort of made me feel a little bit better. And he was just like, "Don't you know?" Don't worry about going to media. Just go down to medical and get yourself sorted. So that's what I did. Um, so in that, I think in that first five minutes of me finishing that race and just just sort of kneeling on the track, that was probably the worst experience I've had. Um, it was yeah, it was awful. And um, to be so far behind everyone as well, that's 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 also not a nice feeling. When you come on the home straight and you see everyone else in front of it and you're there just you know i've got two hurdles left to go but this really hurts and just seeing everyone finish and you're still running that's that's a horrible feeling knowing that i should be right at the front you know um so that was another thing to process like i've just come last in this race i kind of felt a bit embarrassed but then i was just like i can't feel that because I'm in so much pain and I think people could tell that I was hop that I was limping over the line. But then when I went to medical, my um the team doctor was there and he was like he was really nice. He was trying to cheer me up a bit, which which he did. But as soon as I went over to my team tent, I was I was fine. For me I needed that fight, that first five minutes, just to sort of get it out of me. I'm better when I'm around other people. Um, they make me feel a lot better.
2: Did it make it easier or harder the fact that there was no spectators there? Because that's a weird one, isn't it? That's a really weird one. I mean, yeah, I assume was, if you were, yeah. if you'd have won, you would have wanted everybody there. Mm. You would assume. But given the situation and that experience in the semi, is it better that people weren't there? Or
1: I didn't really notice or take any notice. Of there being no, um, so, uh, I can't even say the
2: word. <laughs> Spectators. That's the <laughs> one. <laughs> Don't worry, they weren't there anyway, so it doesn't matter. They no, Call them anything you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really take notice um, if they were there or not in that moment. Um, obviously, I did in the heat because when you walk out on the track, you you know it's a massive stadium. It's an incredible uh stadium and you walk out it's like you see all these empty chairs you just think oh such a shame there's no spectators here it would have been incredible but no to be honest i didn't even think anything of it in that time i was just thinking oh god
2: like (laughs) were you able to forward think you know you talk about paris now but was it all about tokyo for every single minute that you were there or were you able to think you know i I don't want to make things worse and scuff on my chances for the future or did you just kind of ignore that?
1: I kind of ignored that. Realistically, I knew I wasn't going to medal, but I I knew that I could make the final and you know run the best race I've ever run. I'm hoping I'll be absolutely fine in time for next year's season kickoff. But for me, it is Paris. I want to be absolutely at my game in Paris. Um, I don't know how long I'll be in in all this. Um, the dressing of my foot. Um.
2: What I was saying. <laughs> Just tell me where you are now with the injury. Obviously, you had you had surgery very recently, didn't you? Because we were going to record the 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 podcast, and you said, "Oh, actually, you yeah, know, surgery." So we'll, we'll catch <laughs> actually, up afterwards. And yeah. <laughs> um, tell me what surgery you had, and, and how are you now?
1: This time last week, I basically had my plantaris taken out because it's a useless muscle tendon in in your foot uh, that doesn't do anything so there's going to be no performance deficit if I have it taken out um, so the, proof, the injury that I've had um, shouldn't come back um, now that I've had my plantaris taken back, but luckily uh, there's, there was no damage to my Achilles, so that that was a very good thing. Um, but there was just you know loads of scar tissue and everything, so that's been taken out. So, the thing is with your plantaris, it attaches um, from the bottom of your ankle bone up to your uh, top of your calf behind your knee. So I've only just got one cut in my ankle, but obviously they've snipped off the uh, tendon from up above my calf, so obviously that's quite sore as well as my foot so not a lot I can do really on it at the moment but it's fine like I have to elevate it quite a lot because it does swell up quite a lot and it turns purple and that's not very nice so um constantly sitting down and having my foot up so um
2: yeah I can't really do much at the moment I'm just personally quite fascinated by this whole plantaris thing that we don't actually need it I'm thinking after this call I'm going to pop down to the hospital and say look <laughs> could we just whip this thing out because it, I'm thinking less weight to carry in the Manchester marathon I stand a better chance of running away in fact they can just nip off the nipples as well because I don't need them I'm not fussed <laughs> about them either so I just the less weight I can carry is I'm happy I'm ha- by the way I've never ever used the sentence before in my life nip off the nipples that's the no. first time I've ever ever said that yeah it's new <laughs> It's new on me as well. I've never heard that. It's a good one. I, under you. I mean, everybody under listening you. should use it uh, at least once a day. I'm going to ask you a very serious question now. I saw on your Instagram post, which I absolutely loved, and you will know this from talking to us before on the show, that we love getting into the kind of mental side of training and whatnot. And people being proud of themselves, I think is really, really important, because I am I believe that not enough people are proud of themselves. I think people give themselves a hard time. I saw it on social media at the weekend, people involved in various races, I mentioned the Great North Run earlier, didn't achieve the time that they wanted, all this pressure, they beat themselves up, and I think it's important that people acknowledge themselves for what they've done and what they have achieved, rather than what they what didn't go their way, and what they, you know, what the negative side of stuff. How easily do you give yourself um i guess respect acknowledgement how easy is it for you to be proud of yourself do you give yourself an easy time
1: i've had seasons where it's been rubbish and i've not accomplished anything so then so then yeah i kind of do give myself a hard time and say oh this is just so frustrating don't know why i'm not performing well and stuff but then i kind of use that as you know hunger for the next season like I'm you know it didn't go well why did it not go well right I'm going to train even harder for the next season I think in this situation where I accomplished a you know quite a lot this season you've got to be proud of yourself and where I've done athletics since I was eight years old and it was a very slow long road up to becoming a professional full-time athlete so you know that journey has not been easy taking a lot of sacrifices along the way a lot of injuries and obviously one plantaris (laughs) less later you know I've got to this stage and anyone who's been to the Olympic Games should be proud of themselves because that is the best competition in the whole world it's the pinnacle of every athlete's career and to say that I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve, you still got to be proud of yourself. There's only a small percentage of the world that can say I'm an Olympian, I've been to the Olympics, so that's the best the best feeling in the world. But there is more to come.
2: <laughs> it does not end here, does it? Well, we're proud of you, Jess. Clearly, the whole world or the whole country is proud of you, your family, your friends, your team, you know, just, just awesome stuff, really. And Luke's certainly proud of you and, and the rest of the, the guys at uh, Aston Martin Formula One team. So... <laughs> obviously Paris that's the focus now how sweet is success in Paris going to be because of Tokyo that's going to be enhanced right that's going to be you're going to be like oh how (laughs) amazing would that feel
1: it'll be incredible obviously this next six months is going to be tough it's going to be a hell of a journey um just getting back from this injury and I'm so determined to get this recovery process done properly i'm going to do everything i'm told i'm going to be really strict on rehab and you know do extra if i can and all that kind of stuff you know and if if this if if the next season so 2022 if if that doesn't work out because this is still being fixed then that's fine like, I accept that. But, you know, my ultimate goal is Paris. And if I get to Paris,
2: yeah, that would be an incredible story to tell, wouldn't it? Like... <laughs> I can't wait to hear how it goes. We're going to have to get you back on in the future, closer to Paris. You're going to smash it, I have no doubt. Smart rehab is the key. And, hey, who knows, by the time we speak to you next, I may not be under a duvet. We may actually have <laughs> a professional set. Pete, that little snigger tells me you you don't believe that at all, do you? I've seen how high your ceilings are, Jake. I
0: know what an issue. Um, uh, recording is in your new place, so you're going to be under that for quite some time to come.
1: Honestly, like I enjoy doing this podcast so much; but it's just so fun.
0: Like
2: honestly, I love it. I love it. Hey, we have a laugh. We have a laugh. Jess, honestly, thanks so much for coming on again and sharing where you are in your whole Olympic journey. We've got to let you go now. You need to be, you know, proper. Be a professional rehab pupil you need to get your leg elevated girl because at the moment it's not elevated i'm worried about you
1: it's
2: looking quite purple so um yeah no 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 (laughs) no Jess, listen have a great rest of the week can't wait to speak to you soon thank
1: you thanks for having me on
2: again running with jake the podcast. pete yes do you need your plantaris I don't... Do you need it? I don't think... I, no, well, I just said I don't, so I guess I don't, know. Well, apparently you've got two, and I'm thinking, I'm just thinking, it's just an idea here. Mm. Bit of a light bulb moment. Right. You could eBay them. You could eBay them. <laughs> you could pocket the money. We know what you like with money. <laughs> we know what you like with selling stuff. Bit of a wheeler-dealer, bit yeah, of a, yeah. a beggar, some people say. <laughs> I don't say that. I don't say that. I just say, Pete, my friend, podcast producer, hasn't got any plantaris. <laughs> Or is it plantaris? I do Is that the plural I, of plantaris? I, I don't know. But you could sell them, make a bit of money, I'm just saying, because you like to do your begging thing. I'm not doing a begging thing. It's just a Patreon thing, OK? It's just... That's all
0: it is. If you... You know, the podcast is free to everybody, but the, the, you know, the best of people um, do feel that, you know it's worth it's worth paying for because they take value for it and that's really kind and I love that that's, that's that's lovely it gives us some kind of self-worth which is nice and it also makes people feel good about contributing to something uh, which does cost money to produce so I've got to say hello to um, our most recent patreon I don't know if you saw that come through um, Jeff Jeff Livingston lovely fella had a little bit of an email uh, conf lab with him um, he's been out of running for quite some time and he's got back into it with the podcast and he listens when he's Doing his runs, and he's um, recently signed up to two five Ks. He did one at the weekend, actually, um, and uh, he sent us a, sent us his time and his uh, his result, and obviously a lovely picture of him as well, just having a good time, which is what it's all about. Um, and so, so yeah, Jeff Jeff Livingston, my friend, and and also uh, I say my friend. I mean, he's 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 everybody's friend. Jeff is he's a podcaster as well, and um, do you know what he's uh, he he does a, a podcast called Show Me, and it's a photography podcast. If you're into photography and stuff, uh, uh, and maybe you're not motivated to go out and take pictures because I know that happens with photographers a lot of the time, if you're not necessarily a professional photographer, um, then just listen to his podcast and it'll make you want to grab your camera and go out and take photos because that's what I've started doing again since
2: listening to Show Me. It's great. He sounds like a great guy. I wonder if Jeff, he sounds really skilled as well. I wonder if he's any good at building flat pack furniture. (laughs) I don't know. He could be. Because I could really (laughs) do with a hand from somebody that knows what the hell they're doing? Because I don't. I thought I would be more proficient in building flat pack furniture <laughs> by now. Weeks into this traumatic experience of moving house, I'm 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 awful. I've no idea how good Jeff will be at uh, flat pack furniture, but if you would made it, he'd be
0: able to take a photograph of it and make it look great, regardless. Anyway, enough of that, man. Just
2: crack on, okay? We've got stuff to take care of, right? And now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag Ask Jake, and today Steve wants to know. What does MDF stand for? (laughs) No, he doesn't. About five minutes and leans to the left. Oh, the old ones are the best. Just crack on with the real question, okay? Today's question comes from Dawn, who wants to know how to improve her cadence. Uh, Great question, Dawn. So, cadence, for those people that don't know, is how many steps you take per minute with your left and your right Uh, So if you're looking to improve that, there's a couple of things that leap to mind that you could do. Uh, First of all, you can uh, do some downhill running. Now, safely, you don't want to choose a super steep hill uh, because that can have uh, negative impacts. But a a sort of gentle slope and allow yourself to take the brakes off at the top of the hill. Almost run like a kid where you just kind of freewheel, you go for it, you let your legs um, turn over really quickly. You're switching feet nice and quickly. That can really help to improve your cadence. Just take a bit of confidence. So you need to practice this and practice it carefully. Uh, the other thing that springs to mind is incorporating some strides into your training. I'm a big fan of strides. If you're not familiar with these, they're basically relaxed efforts, relaxed sprints for want of a better description. They're not maximum effort sprints. They're probably ran at about 95% effort rather than 100% effort, and they last only for about. 100 meters or 25 maybe 30 seconds and that is designed to get you running nice and upright nice and tall and it turns your feet over quickly because often when you run and really push the effort you do naturally turn your feet over that bit quicker so get some strides into your training and incorporate a little bit of downhill running as well and you will no doubt improve your cadence i hope that helps if you've got a question it's hashtag ask jake or you can drop us an email at plodcast at runningwithjake.com Have you noticed I'm getting The further we get into the show The more and more I'm getting wrapped in this duvet I actually quite like it it's It's the fabric softener. I just love it. just oh so nice. So nice. You are cocooned, but if you're not careful, you're gonna you're gonna suffocate. Come on. <laughs> Listen, we need to wrap things up because I've got yet more delivery nightmares to sort. This has been <laughs> Running Reject the Podcast, your weekly dose of flat pack frustration. We will be back here next week with more running madness. Make sure you stay safe and well. Oh, and of course, don't forget just to subscribe to our little show using the podcast app on your mobile phone. That's it, we're out of here. Oh. And one more thing. Where's my sofa? (laughs) Strength does not come from physical capacity. It comes from an indomitable will.